Welcome to Divergent Unicorns, a podcast created to provide actionable steps to people that have been typically underrepresented in the venture and startup landscape. I'm your host, Behavia Stewart. And I'm your host, Ema Essien. We are both HBCU VC fellows and have experience in venture capital. On this episode, we have Jackson Cummings, investor at Salesforce Ventures, one of the largest public venture capital firms where he focuses on investments into enterprise technology. Jackson has prior experience working in private equity and is a graduate of Stanford University. Let's hop on into the interview. Hello, everyone. We are here with Jackson Cummings. He's an investor at Salesforce Ventures. So Jackson, can you tell us what led you to a career in venture capital? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Really excited to join the podcast and and talk with you today. So maybe, yeah, to kick things off, I can I can talk a little bit about what led me to moving into venture capital. I think, you know, growing up and you know, throughout school, I've always had a, a deep sort of intellectual curiosity. And one of the things that venture capital allows is for the ability to work with such incredible people that are truly leaders in their industry. And you know, throughout my time in school, through a couple different internships, and um, I was able to come across a few founders at my undergrad at Stanford University, and really just was in, enthralled with what they were building and the process of raising funding. And you know, luckily, I did have an internship at a private equity firm in school, and really being able to understand and deep dive into a specific industry was something that was really appealing to me. And with that, it, it really kind of struck that intellectual curiosity piece that I mentioned. And, and you know, fast forward, was really fortunate to, you know, interview and find a role at a firm called Top Tier Capital Partners, which is in the venture capital ecosystem and luckily worked with some amazing people and, and have some mentors. But, you know, through that process as well, um, you know, just continued to double down on my my kind of beliefs that that venture capital was was really where I wanted to be spending time and working with some of the, the brightest minds and most interesting people in the world. Yeah, so your journey it led you to your current role, which is currently in, in corporate venture capital. Can you tell us a little bit about what differs a corporate venture capital firm from a traditional venture capital firm that we usually hear about? Yeah, definitely. So I can talk a little bit about you know broadly corporate venture capital and then and then talk a little bit more about you know Salesforce Ventures which is the current firm where I'm an investor at but traditionally you know there has been corporate venture that has been you know for decades um, and what's a little bit different about corporate venture and, and each corporate venture arm is is set up a little bit differently and really kind of the the goal that a corporate is you know most corporates are looking to invest behind is, you know, increasing sort of the partners in their ecosystem. Some cases it would be to augment a product that they already have in market. And in other cases, you know, there's no true tie to the to the strategic, but you know, really using sort of the balance sheet, the brand name and the resources, everything from executives to product leaders to go to market leaders to really help the startup kind of scale their scale their business, um, and it's just an additional resource and network that you know you can kind of bring to the table when you know 
in traditional venture capital, there, there might not be that kind of corporate backing. Um, but in terms of, you know, kind of firm structure, there's been corporate venture that has, you know, um, you know, been around for, for decades. So it's not a new asset by, by any stretch of the imagination. But, um, you know, in traditional venture, I guess, you know, it, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit different because there's, you know, normally different types of firms, but with the, with the corporate, um, you know, you really can kind of leverage the, the brand, you can leverage a lot of the resources that a corporate has to offer. Yeah, so you talked a little bit about your undergrad experience earlier with getting exposure to startups in different industries. And then, of course, throughout your experience working in private equity and then venture capital over the years, like you've had a lot of exposure to different types of startups. So like from your perspective, what makes a great startup to you? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, one of the things that we really look at here at Salesforce Ventures is, you know, there's a number of different facets, but you know, the founding team and the people that are running the business is a really kind of important piece of the puzzle for every startup. And the leadership team and as well as the, the rest of the sort of product and go-to-market teams are really, really important when looking at a, a founder. So, you know, if it's a very early stage company, so even talking, you know, pre any sort of fundraise, you know, typically early you founders potentially, you know, it really goes back to the team and, and kind of how you're looking to build the business. From there, you know, tackling a problem that is involved in a really big market is, is important. So one of the things we really look at is, you know, what is the, what is the addressable market here? Um, have there been others that have solved this problem in the past? You know, what makes you as the individuals running the company, as well as the solution that you're bringing to market, really going to push this industry in, in the, you know, the right direction or um, how will this change or augment this, this already potentially large industry? Is the industry large enough you know, for there to be a, a big business and potentially a big exit in the future? Um, so between kind of the founding team alongside sort of the market, those are two, at least from the early stages, are, are what's really important. You know, as a company continues to grow up and, and find product market fit, I think that in those situations, this is a sort of different sort of diligence project, and di different diligence task for, for an investor to understand and, and for a business to, to solve. There's different problems along the kind of the value chain. But, you know, in terms from an early stage startup, you know, really kind of focusing on the founding team, um, the backgrounds, the bios of the, the, you know, the initial founding team alongside sort of the market and understanding, you know, why, why are you the best suited to build this business in this market? I think that's, that's kind of a good place to start, you know, happy to kind of touch on, you know, uh, a bit later stage where we also invest what makes a, you know, a, a tangible investment here. Um, but from an early stage startup really goes back to the people as well as the market and the product that's, that's going to be, um, you know, potentially, game changing and market changing. So those those are a couple of items that I'd kind of highlight and call out that, you know, would make a great startup. Yeah. And I guess my next question, you kind of touched on it already. Um, when you mentioned like the team and having a large addressable market, but like how does the evaluation process look for a corporate venture capital firm? I know you mentioned earlier that usually it should align with a company's products and services, the corporate company, but like such as like what round of funding do you guys look at? 
Is it a certain life cycle in those types of things? Yeah, happy to touch on that. And and again, I'm I'm speaking from a lens of Salesforce Ventures. So, you know, one thing to consider when when looking at corporate venture is, you know, it's it's sort of a different flavor for every corporate. The way that they're looking to invest, you know, there's no kind of clear cut, you know, um, you know, same investment philosophy. So I can just kind of talk to our, you know, experience here at Salesforce Ventures and, and some of the things that, you know, we're interested to look at. But at Salesforce yeah, Ventures, yeah, no, definitely. And, and at Salesforce Ventures, we do view the world from a, you know, from a strategic lens, as well as from a financial returns lens. So what that really means is, on the strategic side, you know, we do work very closely with our product leaders and go-to-market leaders that are looking to push the envelope inside of Salesforce to continue to gain market share and ultimately deliver the best results for the end customers at Salesforce. So one of the things that you know we do take a look at when you know evaluating a business for investment is how these companies will be able to work into the broader Salesforce ecosystem. And you know with that Salesforce has you know numerous thousands of customers across the globe as well as you know a number of products within our our broader platform and being able to build and integrate albeit you know, a number of different methods onto Salesforce's products. You know, Salesforce has an app exchange, which is the largest B2B, you know, marketplace in the world. Um, being able to build into various different products on our, our system of record um, is important, but not necessarily, you know, a, a prerequisite for investment. But what we really try to understand is, you know, if we're able to sort of walk down the path in the future to build some sort of integration, how can the you know how can we make the one plus one equals three conversation come about um, by investing and helping partner with, with these startups that are really um, pushing the envelope and in, into sort of new industries and in new market segments for for Salesforce and and ultimately again service the end customers. Yeah, and so what does the relationship look like after an investment for a startup? Like, what type of development or relationship do these startups receive? And are there any differences from what a traditional firm can provide? Yeah, so I think it again. I keep going back, but it, it does vary by firm to firm. But yeah. you know, at, at Salesforce Ventures, um, you know, one of the things that we think about is, you know, how can we again, you know, build the right relationships with you know executives and product and go to market leaders internally. You know, what sort of kind of value add can we provide and you know, even if it's being able to bring a company into, you know, one of our large events or conferences like Dreamforce, uh, which is kind of our large culminating uh, event annually, um, are we able to, you know, put together some level of pricing strategy seminar or, you know, bring in, you know, some of the best sales leaders, you know, in the world, we'd argue, um, to be able to provide some kind of clarity and feedback to a startup that's solving these problems today, given Salesforce has, you know, um, kind of solved these in the past. So, you know, I think it, it, it does vary a, you know, company by company and, and what they're looking to achieve. But, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, every every company that we're looking to invest in, you know, we want to be able to provide some level of value. And, you know, even if it's a connection or, you know, how to build an app within the Salesforce ecosystem, 
we try to provide the best guidance and resources as best we can. Um, you know, as it as it relates to traditional venture capital firms, you know, they also are are looking to provide value just as much. Um, you know, there's a number of great firms out there that have you know, great portfolio development teams and are able to enable some of the kind of go to market levers and, um, and and the like. So, you know, one of the things that, you know, as an investor, if I'm a startup founder, you know, and I'm looking to, you know, build a, a set of investors on the cap table and to be partners for years to come, you know, it's really wise to sort of evaluate, you know, what sort of value you're going to be getting from your investors. And I think one of the things that you know, corporates do bring to the table not only the kind of brand name and backing from a, you know, kind of a leading company, but also, you know, if you're a, you know, I don't know, manufacturing focused startup, you know, having some of the leading manufacturing companies invest in your, in your, in your product, in your company is usually a good market sign. And, you know, one of the things that we are, are kind of, you know, pride ourselves on is, is being able to, you know, being, we are a leading kind of SaaS you know, CRM vendor, and, and we are, have a number of different products, including, you know, Tableau and, and, and MuleSoft and a number of our other acquisitions that, you know, throughout time, it's, it's sort of continuing to build on the B2B ecosystem. And that's something that, you know, um, a number of founders and companies um, in, inside of our portfolio are looking to, to add. So I hope, does that, does that answer your question? But yeah, definitely. Yeah. Are there any additional regulations or restrictions on a startup that may have raised funding from Salesforce Ventures or any other CBC, given that the corporate venture capital firm is tied to a public company? Um, I wouldn't say there's any sort of regulations. I think, you know, given you are getting investment from, you know, oftentimes a publicly traded company, um, you know, I think one of the things that we, we have, um, behind us is, you know, we kind of have a full PR team and full kind of events team and marketing team that, you know, hope, you know, after we make an investment, we're able to kind of open the door to a number of our resources internally to, you know, kind of think through everything from, you know, press releases to, um, you know, kind of working with our teams internally in terms of, you know, some financial accounting or, you know, financial statement delivery. And so, you know, there's no, there's no real additional sort of regulation by any means, but, you know, working with the corporate there, there may be some, um, a, a few things that come up for discussion, but, um, you know, in general, it's, it's, it's not difficult, no, not different, more different than getting investment from a traditional venture capital firm. Okay. And what would you say is like the best process or way to go about seeking funding from like a corporate venture firm, such as Salesforce? Like who should they contact? I, I don't think certain things are like as obvious as they may seem. So like who should a person contact is attending conferences such as Dreamforce a good way to approach it or maybe some type of accelerators that you guys may have? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, one of the things I would always encourage, you know, founders to do is to, you know, there is there is some value in, in warm intros. So, um, you know, I personally am on, on LinkedIn all of the time and, you know, seeing sort of shared connections or getting a warm intro um, via somebody in the network, I think is always a good direction to take. Um, if there isn't sort of a warm intro, you know, reaching out cold to investors 
you know, albeit here at Salesforce, other corporate venture funds, or even other VCs, um, is a way to get in the door. I know, you know, I personally um, take take meetings with founders cold, and I think that, you know, a lot of other VCs, Sarah, sh share a similar sort of mind frame on that. But, you know, in terms of, you know, reaching out to corporates, you know, one of the kind of benefits that, you know, inside of a corporate is, you know, oftentimes we'll have tens of thousands of employees. So there's, you know, probably a short sort of circuit on how quickly you can get to a corporate investor. If, you know, say you know somebody at Salesforce, how quickly they can kind of transition this over to the Salesforce Ventures team. I think that's one good way to think about it. Um, you know, alternatively, I think, you know, reaching out to, you know, some of your existing investors, if you do have, you know, an, an angel investor, or, you know, another early stage VC, I'm sure those connections can be bridged and made very quickly through a, a quick introduction. So that's, that's another way to think about it. But, but in terms of, of kind of working at Salesforce Ventures, you know, we do have on our, on our website, we have kind of an open ended uh, kind of email that we do get inbound interest in, from startups and founders that we do field. Um, you know, I'm on LinkedIn and, and a lot of our other investors are on LinkedIn. So I think that's also a, another good way to connect. Um, but I think the, the culmination of the, the kind of main thing I want to say is don't be afraid to kind of reach out cold. Don't be afraid to use kind of those, those weak ties to get warm intros. Um, cause more often than not, people are willing to have a, a quick conversation and, um, whether it works out or not, you'll be able to get some feedback and, um, kind of go from there. And, and kind of even get a maybe a connection out of it. So that's kind of some of the guidance for, for working with a corporate or Salesforce specifically. Yeah, and so when startups are pitching to Salesforce ventures, like what are some challenges that they may face during the process and like what are some ways that they can overcome that, those challenges? Yeah, no, I think it's just, you know, across the board, every, every investor is going to have, you know, a number of different sort of, you know, either it's it's kind of gates or their investment process. And, you know, I think I think part of, you know, that's what kind of makes the investment firm work. So, um, you know, specifically, I think it's continue to build, you know, your product, continue to deliver your product to your end customers and, you know, have your customers ultimately be happy. So, um, you know, I think that's probably, you know, the how I'd want to answer that question is it's just more for from the perspective of, continuing to deliver good products, continuing to, um, you know, make your customers happy and, and have them keep coming back and, and buying more. Um, and then ultimately, you know, you should be able to find some partners that, you know, are, are really interested and intrigued by, by you and, and your company and will be able to kind of invest for that next stage of growth. Okay, great. That sounds amazing. And so recently, I guess all of us have been experiencing a lot of different changes in our lives due to COVID-19. So I was wondering, what are some impacts that COVID-19 has had on startups in the venture space in general from your perspective? And has there been any unique challenges to corporate venture or Salesforce ventures? Yeah, no, I think it's, you know, it's definitely timely for all of us. And, you know, we're all going through this together and, and a lot of the same extent. So, you know, I think for one thing, companies and investors are, are still adjusting. Quite honestly, um, you know, companies are still sorting out 
what this means for their employees and what this means for their business, um, as well as in many cases, what this means for their end customers and how they're, they're also dealing with this you know, really traumatic pandemic that's you know, swept across the world. So, you know, at least here at, at Salesforce, what we've really been focused on is, is checking in with our existing portfolio companies and, and really ensuring that you know, we can be of help and service to them when they need this. Um, you know, for example, you know, we recently conducted a survey of our portfolio companies and heard from over 60 of our leaders and CEOs in our portfolios on you know, what's really top of mind for them. This ranges anything from you know, how to continue building culture in a work from home environment to you know, how have we been seeing kind of our pipelines either growing or shrinking as a result and, and everything in between in just terms of, hey, let's, let's get sort of an understanding on, on where you guys are and you know, how we can be helpful. I think, you know, ultimately we are encouraged by how some of our portfolio companies are responding to this crisis. And, you know, for example, you know, one of our portfolio companies called Loop and Tie, the founder and CEO, Sarah Rodell, along with other tech leaders have joined forces to provide and donate tablets to hospitals across the U.S. to connect you know, critically ill COVID-19 patients with family members. Um, you know, Loop and Tie has repurposed their operational structure to help receive orders from these hospitals, the device donations, and manage shipping and handling of devices and matching with these recipients. And I think that's one example of how, you know, a company whose kind of core business is, is focused on corporate gifting has transitioned and be able to leverage their technology to kind of help service in a time of need. Um, you know, another company that you know, we want to highlight the Traction on Demand, another portfolio company. And they've provided a solution that allows hospitals, healthcare providers to accurately track medical staff and resource needs in real time to coordinate their COVID-19 response. And so these are a couple examples from our portfolio that, you know, even as, you know, the world around us is evolving and changing very quickly and dramatically, that we're able to leverage some of the technology and the platform that they've built um, to help kind of manage the situation and, and hopefully provide some, um, you know, again, some much needed resources at this time. And, you know, I guess overall, we continue to invest right now and, and kind of our doors are open um, because we've seen that, you know, as this accelerated need for digital transformation, you know, video conferencing is a great example of this, but, you know, in one of our portfolio companies is Zoom, but there are likely many more of these, you know, situations and in, in industries that are going to be changing as workers continue to work from home. And this will accelerate across all functions of the business. And, you know, we just continue to be encouraged by, you know, what we're seeing from the environment, what we're seeing from founders and companies and employees um, in our portfolio that, you know, just gives us, you know, continued hope and, and as well as, you know, provides an opportunity for, you know, younger startups and founders that are looking to, you know, build and continue to build for the future of work, continue to build in, in specific industries like, you know, supply chain and healthcare IT um, that are, are really kind of needing new solutions that um, we're continue to be you know, really excited about. 
Yeah. And the two companies that you highlighted, were those pivots or did they initially service the health sector? No, these are, and, and I guess to be clear, I mean, these, these two companies don't do this, I guess, in, in terms of the health sector. These have been quick pivots to be able to, you know, A, in, in the case of Lupentai, um, you know, decided to stop what they're, you know, not stop what they were doing. They're still servicing their companies, but provide additional assistance in tablets to make sure that patients are able to connect with their families. And because of the infrastructure of their platform, um, they were able to do this and turn this on in a very quick turnaround. Um, and similar to Traction on Demand, you know, they have a very flexible platform that they were similarly able to transition sort of their core go-to-market and core focus and transition it over to sort of the care coordinators inside of the hospital and create this sort of use case using their flexible tech platform. Um, to kind of deliver these results. So in both cases, you know, it wasn't a core capacity beforehand, but given the flexibility of their product, we're able to transition in a time of, of need to, to be able to service um, so, some much needed kind of care coordinators as well as, you know, folks that were really ill. So, you know, and I guess this is just a, um, two examples of resiliency that we're seeing in our portfolio. And, you know, I can kind of go on for a number of other examples, but I think it's a situation that, you know, you know, where we can band together as one and, um, you know, the resiliency of, of tech platforms and the ability to kind of, you know, be flexible and, and deliver, you know, positive results. Yeah. And the two companies that you highlighted, they sound very cool. And then also you mentioned Zoom is a portfolio, portfolio company, which is definitely picking up a lot of traction currently. So the Salesforce ventures like sort of like invest across the board in terms of markets. I know that we mentioned it must align sort of like with the products and services, but does the market actually matter? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, Salesforce ventures have been investing for more than 10 wow. years now. We have more than 250 active portfolio companies and the, you know, kind of core products that we're looking to invest in is, is primarily B2B SaaS and software as a solution and, and historically, it's been in the core kind of markets for Salesforce, sales, service, marketing. And, you know, as we continue to, you know, make additional acquisitions as a company and, you know, we continue to double down on kind of industry verticals and kind of delivering results that our, our customers are asking for. And so, you know, those are a few areas that we've been, you know, investing behind. Um, but, you know, kind of a good way to think about it is, you know, we're looking to increase the broader enterprise ecosystem behind Salesforce, and that covers, you know, many different industries. Okay, yes. And so the last question, I know you have to go. What are some resources that you recommend for people looking to gain more expertise in the startup and venture ecosystem? Definitely. There's, there's a lot out there. And I think, you know, um, a few resources to consider is there's a ton of very good um, subscriptions to subscribe to. Know, in terms of sort of daily newsletters and just staying in touch with you know what's going on in the tech ecosystem TechCrunch is a great resource um, you know following some of the VCS that you know say you are a either a medical student or somebody in the in the healthcare um, sort of industry you know following some of the leading you know, venture funds that are in healthcare or biotech um, each one of these would likely put out some sort of subscription or materials, follow blogs. Um, 
And so I think those are a few different ways that, you know, you can kind of stay up to date on, you know, either investments are being done or areas of focus for different venture capitalists. And, and then reading blogs and, and hearing the perspectives from various industries. Um, you know, there's a number of folks that put out content regularly. And uh, I think that these are all kind of really good ways to stay in touch. And, you know, if you're interested in, in joining um, or moving into venture capital, I'm happy to, you know, kind of provide, you know, more sort of thoughts on that. But um, I think there's lots of resources and content out there. And, um, you know, definitely take a look at some of the newsletters and, and blogs. I think those are good ways. Okay, yeah. Thank you so much, Jackson, um, for the knowledge and insight to your perspective and experience as an investor at Salesforce. Thank you for your time also. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. Please make sure to subscribe, like, rate, and share this episode with a friend.